I'm Brooke. And I'm Jamie. And this is the Truth Fairies Podcast. The truth hurts. So we will be giving our very biased and unqualified opinions on real life situations. From reality TV, relationships, and parenting, we'll cover it all. So So let's let's get started. Are you ready? We are going. Hello and welcome to the Truth Fairies Podcast. Oh, that was so low key. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, welcome. Hey, what's up, girl? (laughs) Hey, hey. (laughs) I'm Brooke. And I'm Jamie. And welcome. Thanks for listening. That's all we have to say. (laughs) Uh, How are you? I'm so good. Good. And I'm so excited to talk about what is tickling my fancy today. Let's just (laughs) jump right into it. I have been unabashedly listening to the Johnny Depp defamation trial. (gasps) I don't know anything about this. So it is insane. Okay, so Johnny Depp and the... The wife, um, I forget her last name. I'm going to forget her whole name. <laughs> Is it his current wife? Current. Okay. Well, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Current, past, whatever. But she came out a while back and claimed that he was abusing her, that like domestic violence. Do you remember this? It was like when all of the Me Too stuff was coming out. She had like made this huge post about domestic violence and that he was abusive and blah, blah, blah. Wow. So she made all these statements and he got like, kind of ruined his career and anyway all the backlash that he got from that was a mess so anyway he is now suing her for like 50 million dollars or some ridiculous amount for defamation of character and so I've just I just stumbled across it on Facebook but I mean I'd heard a little bit about it but and now I just can't quit listening I can't I can't stop I can't stop. Like, this woman is a nutbag. So she just made everything up. Well, I mean, I don't know that she made everything up. Um, he claims that he's never physically put a hand on her. Um, and she, he has all this, like, audios and videos and all of this stuff of her, like, doing crazy, crazy stuff. Oh. And, um, like, she cut his fingertip off. <gasps> um she threw vodka bottles at him, and he had his hand over, like, the edge of the counter, and it hit his hand and cut his fingertip off. She gave him, like, bruises on his face. She put out a cigarette on his face. <gasps> like, it is batshit. So she's the physically abusive one. Yeah, and even their th- even their marriage counselor or whatever has come out and said, I mean, things aren't great for him, but that it was, like, equally toxic and she- you know, all anyway, it's just insane. What's the podcast called? Um, it's not a podcast. This is the what live is court. This is this oh. is the live court proceedings that I'm watching. You're just court TV. I am listening to the trial. Like in the days of OJ. Oh, it's like OJ all over. Oh my yeah. gosh. But it's and it's so weird because he she has been extremely physically abusive. Wow. And he even has some recordings where he's talking about things and like she's all like she admits to it and he'll say, well, remember when you did this and this? And she's like, well, I'm sorry. Why do you keep bringing it up? And oh. like, I wasn't punching you. I was slapping you or I mean, it was just. The weirdest stuff. Oh. But I think the concept of like how women can get away with physically abusing their husbands or mentally or emotionally or financially right. abusing their husbands so much easier than men can is yeah. kind of scary. Right. Or I mean, sexually. Like anytime a man claims abuse, it's like, oh, oh yeah. Where it's like, uh, you really hear stories where it's like 
serious. Right. And if the if the cards were turned and this was his behavior toward her, mm-hmm. he'd be in jail. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is absurd, but but they keep the other um the defense or who what whatever you call it, they keep coming back and trying to bring up his drug and alcohol abuse. And he's like, "Yeah, I was an addict and I was abusing drugs." And he's like, "But I wasn't beating her. I was that not doesn't abusing make me her." A spouse abuser. Like it is insane. And and his listening to him testify, he's very quiet and he's very slow. Yeah. Like like it's methodical. Like oh. I listen to it and it's like a lullaby. <laughs> yeah. But it is insane. Because that's the way I picture him. He's got that soft voice and yeah. very, yeah, sultry. Yeah. And yeah. So like this is on court TV or what? So Where are you watching is, this? Well, I actually came across the video on Facebook. Um, is it like a Facebook, on Facebook live all day air day? Um, all day air day. Oh, there it is. You're playing it. Um, but and I think it was posted when I first came across it. It might have actually been on Ben Shapiro, which I'm is yeah. kind of a weird anyway. But yeah, it, like you just Google um, Johnny Depp trials. I saw something was happening, but I oh, didn't. I don't know it's what. So good. It is so good. Oh, fascinating! So I'm obsessed. I am so obsessed, and I am tickled pink. Tickled just pink so about you know. it. Yes. Ooh, okay. What's tickling you? Um, a podcast. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> what is that? It's called Twin Flames. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Have you heard of the concept of Twin Flames? No, I don't even know anything about this. I hadn't either. So I think <laughs> the concept itself is not new. It goes back to like metaphysical and like psychics and tarot readers sometimes say your twin flame is out there. Okay. So the concept of twin flames is that everybody has one perfect soulmate, one perfect match. And if you find your twin flame, your life will be perfect. You'll have this perfect union. But this man and wife, I think his name is Jeff and her name is something like Shalene. Mm-hmm came up with like a business to coach people. They said, we're each other's twin flames. We found each other. Here's our story. And we're going to coach you how to find and claim your twin flame. Oh, wow. Okay. And it is crazy. So basically, if you have decided somehow, or it's been made known (laughs) to you that this person is your twin flame, you have to claim them. So you have to say, I claim you. It's like like when Michael Scott declares bankruptcy in the office. Have you seen that? He goes, I declare bankruptcy. Yeah, it's like, I claim you as my soulmate. You're, you're my property. And there's nothing you can do about it. And, and not just claim them, you can't give up. So the, this couple, this business is doing these coaching classes about how to find and claim your twin flame. And there is no end to where you should go in order to pursue them. If they've blocked you on Facebook, if they've, you know, said, I want nothing to do with you. It, one girl literally went to jail for stalking her twin flame. <laughs> and this man and woman were telling her this is what she had to do. Oh, my gosh. So it went from like this to a full-blown cult where they were controlling everybody and everyone was working for them for free and giving them all their money and they were telling everybody what to do. They even, like, one woman whose twin flame fully, like, rejected her and got married to somebody else, they said, okay, well, now we're going to tell you who your twin flame is. And it's this other woman in the group. Mm -hmm. Well, she wasn't a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them were. 
And they're like, well, no, it's okay because you are actually a man. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Wow, okay. She was so far into this, she started transitioning into a man, oh, geez. changed her name, and fully pursued this woman. And this woman was like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then by the end, he's declaring himself the second coming of Christ. And Oh, I'm going to have to listen to this. Why do they always need to be Jesus? I don't know. I don't in the know. cult. I, this is the other thing. The idea of twin flames. Isn't it ironic that people's soulmates, like you have this one soulmate or whatever, that they always end up living somewhere close to you where you, <laughs> where, yes. where it's like proximity is ne- you know never an issue. There's one person in the world, There's but only he happens one. to work in your office. Yes, and he happens to live in your neighborhood or know your mom, right? It's like if there, if there was really like only one person on a planet with seven billion people, don't you think maybe you'd be peppered around <laughs> a little bit, like? I just feel like you probably are compatible with a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot. I don't believe in this twin flame Right. Nonsense. I mean, I think that there are people that definitely you have like a... Con- Do I have crumbs on my shirt? <laughs> what have you been eating? <laughs> um, there are people that you definitely connect with. Like, like I feel like your souls can connect. Yes. Maybe. But I don't believe that it's just... <laughs> this one guy. And that it's out of your control. Right. And that and and if this person is turning you away, isn't that your first clue yeah. that maybe their flame is not <laughs> connecting with your flame? Right. Wow. That's the thing about it. It's like if, if you were really twin flames, they would feel it. Right. The minute they saw you, it would be like your souls would ignite and be like, you know what? And that's what the concept says. So for this group to be like, okay, well, if your twin flame blocks you, that's a sign that their love is so strong that they just can't handle it. It's like, no, it's a sign that they want nothing to do with you (laughs) and that you are crazy and that you need to take it down 8,000 notches. At least. Yeah. And it's the whole concept of like anything you want in your life. Like, do you remember the secret? Yeah. That we like... Anything you want, you, you just have to manifest, and it's up to you, and you just have to put it out there, and it's just going to happen. Which is, that book is like a key focus of every MLM, uh-huh. right? It's Thousand the percent. secret, the, the secret. secret. And I do believe in manifesting, and I do believe in the power of positive Thinking thought. And, right, and you, yeah, you bring in what you put out, right? Absolutely. The good vibes or whatever. But you but. can't control other people. <laughs> With your thoughts. Or can you? I mean, I can because I'm a witch. And yes. <laughs> but that the average it. person. But the average person So cannot. it's, I mean, it's so crazy. The whole story and how, like, people that know him, like, oh, yeah, he was like a, just his, you just, yeah. Okay. Twin Flames. It. It's a quick, it's like six episodes. It's a quickie. But it, yeah, I listened to it like in the last two days. Okay. Just binged it. Okay. I, once my the trial gets over, <laughs> I'll give it a try. Hey, what was that show that everybody's watching and it's a guy's name? Um, Ted Lasso? Yes. <gasps> thank you. I've been trying to wonder. I've been trying to watch it. And I don't remember oh, who it is Ted. or what it is. It's so good. Okay. I'm going to write it down. Okay. I'm taking notes. That, weird. That tickles my fancy all the okay. time. The other thing that slightly tickled my fancy in a weird and disturbing way last night was I watched the John Wayne Gacy uh, documentary. <gasps> I saw that. <gasps> I mean, I saw that it came out and I was like, he, ooh, Jamie's all over it. He's a damn psycho. Oh, yeah. Tons of bodies buried in his... Um, uh, in his crawl space under his house, which I might add is brilliant. Oh, yeah. The way he manipulated that. But, I mean, you know, 
the, the other killing. one I watch. Yeah, well, go on. Not, not that part. That part's not good, but. No. Was anyway. he the clown? Yes. Okay. Yes. I get my serial killers mixed up <laughs> I sometimes. I know. I know. But. I have a dry mouth today. I'm so sorry. Can you hear it? No, I can't. <laughs> Although, this these microphones are crisp today. Um, okay. I also watched one called, I think it was called Dead Asleep, mm-hmm. about a man who claimed he murdered his roommate sleepwalking. Ooh. And I was going to save it for a weird and wacky world, like you can murder someone in your sleep, mm-hmm. but he got convicted and there's really, you can't prove that he was sleepwalking. I think I know about there's that one. There's a few of them. Wow. But it's a heartbreaking story. It's so sad. And I, it's like, I kind of do believe he was or that, he, that something was going on, but that's a good, that's a good little documentary too that just came out. Okay. I'll have to watch it. Okay. Well, well. Now that you've mentioned it, let's talk about the The weird weird and wacky world. world. Okay, I have, today I kind of went down a little path on aliens. Um, And so I actually have three three different articles that I read that I kind of want to just summarize each of them. um, (laughs) Because they're kind of weird. But, well, the one I'm going to read to you. This one is... um, It says, woman 29 has daily encounters with aliens after her first UFO visit during lockdown. Oh. So this is new. This is a new alien encounter. This is COVID um, aliens, apparently. I don't know if they're different. I Uh, wonder if they avoided Earth during COVID. (laughs) I don't know. Or maybe, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe they were bored because this story... Well, I mean, that's when my forehead probing happened. That's true. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were, maybe it was rampant. Mm -hmm. Okay. It says a woman claims to have spotted a UFO during lockdown. Um, She says she's been visited by aliens ever since. Mm. Lily Nova, 29 from St. Louis, Missouri, says she had her first encounter at the end of 2020 after taking up astrophotography to cure lockdown boredom. Okay. Um, She claims uh, that the encounters didn't stop there. The extraterrestrial beings visit her on a daily basis. She said they've approached her in many and all manner of spacecraft, including metallic ships, black triangles, and orbs that move in an unearthly way. She also says she knows what some of the beings look like. She first started getting into astrophotography in the summer of 2020 during the lockdown, which eventually led to her first encounter with aliens just a few months later in November. She said, my first encounter with aliens and UFOs was very intense. I went outside for some fresh air one night, and I immediately locked eyes with bright lights hovering over the neighborhood. She locked eyes with the lights? Yes. I don't know if the eyes were lights. (laughs) The lights were eyes. I don't know. Okay. I started investigating and realized it was a UFO. Seconds later, I looked away briefly, and when I looked back, there was a second second craft that was much closer. I could actually see the triangular shape of the craft. The UFOs did some impressive maneuvers to show me that it wasn't a regular aircraft before they disappeared above me. It really spooked me because aliens and UFOs aren't something that I have thought about much before. Mm-hmm. It was a totally real, a total reality shifting experience. So she was not like <clears throat> somebody who was like trying to photograph aliens. Like it just sort of came out of nowhere. Um, it says a couple months later, I had my second encounter. After that, it kept happening more and more frequently, and now I'm having experiences daily. Mm-hmm. During my encounters, I have also been able to see what they look like. One of the first beings I saw was a girl with light blue skin. She had no hair, but she was very beautiful. She was wearing a skin-tight gray suit, and I saw her shipmate standing behind her in the same uniform. I have also seen another group of beings with light blonde hair, fair and glowing skin, and bright blue eyes. Hmm. 
She said, I believe they send images of themselves to me through telepathy. I think they are easing me into an introduction as it would be such a shocking experience for any human to have any alien walk up to you. Um, she said that when she was, she knew that they were filming, it was obvious that she was filming, filming, but they were motioning for her to come toward them. Um, she was filming? She, yeah, like on subsequent encounters, she would go out and set her camera out and when they, and she could see them and they encourage her to come toward them. Anyway, it goes on and on. Um, she says she feels like she's developing a relationship with them. Um... And there was something else I was going to tell you on here. It's kind of a long. um, Oh, she said that she can actually um, invite them. She said, during my first initiated contact where I've invited them instead of them just showing up, I received a vision of being on a spaceship with them and, and of the ship's crew members. She said that she can set her intention for them to appear. And within five minutes of getting out of her car, a bright golden orb will appear and move towards her. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, so it's like now she's um, like communicating with them in a way that they come and show up. Right. But she just says, um, I believe they come to me because I believe in them. I'm open-minded and I'm welcoming towards them. Oh, my gosh. So um, that that's that. And then the other ones that I wanted to kind of mention that are a little bit weird was... <laughs> like um, that one was... I mean, like that one was not really super weird. Super normal. But this other professor, this is unrelated. This guy's in Pennsylvania. He's a, a professor of history, and he is a, he specializes in U, ufology. Oh. Um, he claims he has gathered testimony from people who allege they've been abducted by aliens and that they are prepping to take over the world. Okay, the aliens? The aliens are. That That's they're, what I'm worried about. That some of them come, and they look very much like us, and they're integrating themselves into the world so that they can kind of get a better reading of us so that they can take it over. Oh. So if you see someone that's slight, like weird That's a looking, little off. You're like that. Is... Probably an alien. Oh. Yeah. And then the last story <laughs> claims this UFO expert genuinely believes aliens could be scared of Will Smith after... <laughs> <laughs> After watching the Oscars. And this this is a guy, his name is Nick Pope. He works for the British government. Um, he works for the government? He, yeah, this is no joke. And he and probed UFOs for the MOD, which is some, I don't know, organization. But he claims that if aliens are really watching us, that they would be watching TV, like watching what's on TV just okay. as part of our culture. Probably. And that they probably would have recognized Will Smith from <laughs> Men in Black. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, Men in Black. And they probably, which I think he's a little naive here, he says they may not understand what fiction is. And so they might believe that, like, when we have <laughs> when we have issues with UFOs, that Will Smith is our guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Um, it uh, says... Okay, I think they're way smarter than us, so they probably yeah. understand fiction. He said, They'll also know him from Men in Black movies, so if aliens are planning an invasion, they'll think Will Smith is often the person we put up to defend ourselves. Um, and they, they think we've got those little ray guns that could zap yes. them then? They also may think he's one of Earth's ruling elites if they've heard the phrase, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <laughs> so Will Smith is our, like, alien savior. He is. Like, if he this really is. happens, we need to put Will Smith and who's the other guy in? I don't know. You know, but, I don't yeah, know any don't names know name, but anybody. Yeah. So it's like on one hand, you start, like you hear all this alien stuff and you're like, I think there must be some truth to this. 
and then you hear, <laughs> like, are we are we really going to say that these aliens who are smart enough to teleport and get onto our planet from you know light years away that they're they're going to mistake Will Smith for our savior, our alien, <laughs> our alien? Um, I mean, whatever. And that seeing him slap someone is they're terrifying. Like, like, clearly yeah. they could like laser beam us into oblivion. Not but like they're scared of a, of, of a, a bitch a slap. Bitch slap Chris Rock. <laughs> Oh, it's so lame. I know it does discredit. So when you hear that, it's like, oh, come on. Come on. Aliens must not be real. Tell me the real story about aliens, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me this fake stuff. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's the weird and wacky world. I love it. Oh, I want to talk to that lady. And does she have video then? Yeah, apparently. Well, I want to see it. Well, give me the video, lady. The, I will. Um, maybe we can post up the the pictures that it shows. Yeah. She did have the video clips of, uh, or I mean, the pictures of the triangle UFO and stuff that she saw. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna need to do a little bit. I'm gonna need a little bit more hard evidence. I'm of gonna that. need to see that blue girl. Yeah. Same. The bald blue girl. Uh huh. Oh, I want to see an. A- I okay. Ooh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 whoa, 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 no, not while I'm in the room. Okay. Don't you start inviting weird shit to happen, <laughs> and let it. I kind of, no, you don't kind of just want to see an alien? Sure, but I don't want to be, remember when I was at your house, we were watching the alien show, yeah. and I was worried about driving home, because I always fear that after I've watched an alien show, <laughs> that somehow they're tapping into like, it's like they're God, right? And they know what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. And then I always really get nervous on my ride home, that mm-hmm. that's going to be the perfect time that they're going to swoop in and abduct me mm-hmm. so no, I, don't I don't want to be don't take me onto your mothership but just like probe your forehead <laughs> they, done they've <laughs> already done it that's like episode three or something if you guys yeah haven't heard of my alien probing, probing story well it's like jake says he wants he's like i want to see a ghost i want to be haunted firsthand <sighs> see and i'm and like i thought so till i was yeah i'm gonna need you to just not bring that on don't to the whole bring household. that into our aura don't open that up for us yeah yeah, no, you're probably right. I probably don't want to see Okay, redacted. Redacted. That's one of my court terms. Did you hear that? From today. Redacted. <laughs> Which is so funny in court when they're like, we would ex- instruct the jury to forget that. <laughs> yes, well, done. Okay. Okay, That's done. how it works. Stupid. Okay. Oh, my gosh. All right, what do you have for us today for your, oh, honey? Oh, honey. I have several. Okay, please I will do. start with this one. Okay. I'm going to take a sip of my bed. You're going to wet your whistle? <laughs> I don't know why I'm so dried out. Probably allergy medicine. <laughs> so dried out. What? Is that weird to say? <laughs> I don't I'm know. so dried out? <laughs> why? You guys should see her. She's like this prune sitting here on the <laughs> couch beside me. With socks and sandals on. <laughs> yes. Okay. I went to a tattoo shop in my area with a photo of the tattoo I wanted. It was one my dad had gotten to honor my past grandfather, whose father also had it. But the point is, it was important to me that the tattoo looked exactly as it did in the photo. Like a family heirloom tattoo. Ooh, it's always risky. Uh Uh-huh. I get to the shop. I explain everything. I pay, get the tattoo, and we're done. I think it looks awesome. Everything is great. Until a few weeks later when I show my great-grandmother the tattoo. She's static, grabs my arm to look at it and compliment it, and then asks, who's AJ? I ask her what she means, and she points out on the tattoo where the initials A and J, or maybe T, were hidden into the tattoo. Mm. I'm instantly pissed as my artist's name is Alice Trevor. (gasps) 
She tries to assure me it's no big deal if I hadn't noticed till now, but I still reached out to the artist sort of irritated. They told me the style of art I got is called traditional, and it's pretty traditional for all artists who do that style to do it. Like, put their initials in it. Oh, okay. I demanded a partial refund. They refused, so I complained to the owner who made the artist give me a full refund. Now the artist is running a full smear campaign, talking about moving shops and all kinds of crap. My sister says I'm an asshole for pushing the issue, but I feel like at the end of the day, I told you exactly exactly what I wanted and you didn't do that. A-I-T-A. No. No. That is your body. So guess who I reached out to? Breezy. Yes. <laughs> okay, what did she say? Oh, gosh. What did she say? <laughs> okay, tell them who Breezy is real quick. Okay, she's my, she is my daughter that is um, a tattoo artist. Yeah. So I just sent it to her. I'm like, I'm doing this today. And she said, um, it's not common for artists who do traditional, me being one of them, to put their initials into a tattoo. Whoever told him that is nuts. Definitely not an asshole. And I said, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I said, wanted your perspective. Is that totally crazy? And she said, yeah, I'd be pissed. Like, if it was subtle enough not to be able to see it, whatever, but clearly it was not. And she said, (laughs) oh, no. She said, I have hidden penises in a few of my tattoos. (laughs) Jamie's so shocked right now. Now nobody's going to come to her to get a tattoo. No, no, no. Her own tattoos. She says, but my artist always asks for permission before doing it, which ultimately should have been the route the artist took. Permission and consent are and should be a huge factor in any and all tattoos. (laughs) I thought she was saying that she hides them in other people's. I'm like, oh, my God. That's what I And then you're looking at yours. I'm (laughs) There's a, there's a big penis in it's my like, tattoo. Where's Waldo? But like, where's the penis? <laughs> oh, gross. Next time we're with Breezy, let's play Where's the Penis? Okay, and see if we can find it. See if we can find all her hidden peni. Yes, that is funny. Pick a peen. Pick a peen. Okay. We can just go. It's, yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what she meant, too. Oh, but man. Okay. No, but um, you know what? The, it made me wonder, and then we'll get back to the story. <laughs> Although we've kind of clearly determined clearly, yes. the verdict is. If consent is a big deal with tattoo artists, I wonder, you know, like with rape, like you can't consent if you're like super, super drunk Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if they go in, if a person comes into a tattoo shop like totally sloshed, Mm -hmm. are they allowed to tattoo them? No. Oh, you know the answer. Mm -mm, They're not. They're not supposed to. Well, but it's not just because they're because of that, but it's because it thins your blood, I oh. think. And so it's not supposed to be, like, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to get a tattoo while when you're drunk. drunk. Yeah. Interesting. But, um, yeah, but I think, I mean, that is serious. Mm-hmm. Like, you're marking somebody's body, and and especially, yeah, that is, that, oh, man. You know what it also reminded me of the Nexium cult? Yeah, Where they Remember were branding? they tattooed them? What did they tattoo or brand? It was brand. They branded them with the leader's initials, but it was the same thing where they were like, it's just this symbol. And then when you look close, it was the it was the cult leader's initials. Yeah. So maybe this tattoo artist is like a total maybe narcissist. Maybe it's a Nexium. Maybe he is the Nexium person. Maybe. Or it was a girl. Was yeah. A girl? Mm-hmm. But maybe she's trying to start a cult. Wow. Maybe she's an alien and she's marking her future. Her ter- <gasps> she's marking her twin flame. <laughs> No. Yes. Weird. We all have alien twin flames, and that's why they're coming, because they're coming to claim us. Oh, I don't like that at all. Uh-uh. Um, yikes. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. You have every right to be mad. 
Um, I have a question for you. Okay. Did I did I or did I not tell you about the middle school teacher <laughs> last did not. week? Okay, you did I not. didn't think I did, but then I second guessed myself. So the one that I have is not really like an opinion. It's just funny. Okay, I'm down. Okay, <laughs> so it says, as a middle school teacher, one of my biggest fears is shitting my pants in school. Oh man, I'm not I'm not a fan of public bathrooms, so I try to time my bowel movements around the school day, and until today, I have been fairly successful. <laughs> she says yada yada yada. I felt a decent fart building up, so I waited for students to get to work, and I stepped into the science supply back room to let it out inconspicuously. Okay. Instantly, warm regret. <gasps> It oozed out instead to my absolute horror, only to be confirmed by the stench of shit, even through my mask. Within 15 minutes left before the end of what was luckily my last class of the day, I had few options. So I did what any self-reliant 19-year middle school veteran would do. I shoved some paper towels down the back of my pants to hopefully contain the mess and then stood absolutely still in the front of the classroom behind my computer desk praying for the bell to ring. No. She said, I let the kids talk and yelled answers from across the room. Not one single kid noticed. The bell rang and I waddled out the back emergency exit next to my classroom to get to the teacher parking lot before anyone else. I would never, I never would have been able to go back. I almost retired today. (laughs) You can't come back from that in a middle school setting. Yeah. She said, um, and then an edit to that was teacher reality update, 40 teachers, single toilet, no ventilation. For four bathrooms, four-minute passing periods where all teachers are trying to use the same four bathrooms. But even so, I fart in the back room regularly with no problems. (laughs) This was a sneak attack. (laughs) My only saving grace was that the kids didn't see my shocked face when it happened. I anxiously await Monday morning. Now I'm thinking maybe I should take a few sick days. Oh, (laughs) so this closet is like visible to the students well i'm imagining she kind of like shimmies um, in there and and shimmies (laughs) back out (laughs) i'm imagining that it's like a like a lot of the science rooms will have like a little like a storage room yeah so it's probably like a little room off of hers that nobody goes into but it's just a store supply but it is her Her designated i'm telling you what I, as a teacher, like how, I mean, it's no wonder you never pee. You've yeah, trained yourself. I am trained. I can hold that from, yeah. And I, you know me, I am not going to poop in any public right, right. bathroom. I will, I will fight a shit cramp. <laughs> I will drive all the way home. I am not. I'm not. So what came first being a teacher and then con- like learning how to control your bladder or was it like this is the perfect profession for me like were you like <laughs> I can go all day without peeing like how can, how I, can I use I, that yeah like what career should I go in to really maximize this <laughs> talent that I have surgeon I or teacher <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I don't know because I don't I don't really recall recognizing my ability until <laughs> until teaching when and your coworkers were like can you cover for me? I got to go. Uh, and, yeah. And I'm like, what's wrong with you fools? <laughs> I don't think I have, I mean, I can count probably two times in my entire teaching career that I ever had to, that I ever was like, I'm going to have to take a step out of this classroom to right. go pee. And so bear in mind that I worked the day that I delivered my child. Like I worked the entire pregnancy up to the day. Oh my god! I worked until three o'clock and had her at seven o'clock. Um, 
What about farting? Because my sister, who is an elementary school teacher, says the best thing about being a teacher is that you can totally fart in class as long as it's silent. Mm -hmm. And they'll always, like, turn on each other. And blame somebody else. Blame the poor, like, kid that gets bullied all the time. Right, right. Way way to encourage bullying. But (laughs) I would never – I do have a fear that, like, I'll sneeze and fart or something. <laughs> but I would never just trust to fart in the class. No. No. It's I remember too risky. my seventh grade math teacher farting. Really? Uh-huh. And just said, excuse me? Yeah, she let out when she was like, whoop. And I was like, oh, my teacher just farted? I, where have we heard people fart and have to act like adults and just say, excuse me? <laughs> me in yoga class? No, that's right. <laughs> no, but you blamed it on Bright. No, we just started laughing. <laughs> it was Piper. You hoped it was going to be blamed on Bright. Yes, uh, I hoped she'd take it for me, <laughs> and she didn't. But there was also the time where I was in an elementary school uh, assembly, and Piper was three, and she was on my lap. A three-year-old. Like, yeah. three-year-olds, like, poo their pants. Uh-huh. And she farted and blamed it on me. <laughs> and I was like, no no one's going to think that a three-year-old is going to blame their fart right. on their mom. So everyone, <laughs> like, I'm sure thought it was me. <laughs> like, wow, what a rank woman she turned she's like mom i was like oh my gosh piper she's evil at heart okay your turn we have a job okay so a woman's writing this we have a job that requires us to wake up very early in the morning her and her husband we've been working a, a cubicle away for the past couple of years that's how we met he usually wakes up before me and makes me breakfast he's been doing this since we got married he's sweet and caring like that He's also the funniest, genuine, and friendly person I know. I love him, and I know that he loves me back. Our relationship has always been stable. Now, I'm not sure. Today, morning. (laughs) Today morning. (laughs) How about this morning? How about that? We were having breakfast. He calmly asked me to kill him if I ever caught him cheating. I initially brushed it off as a joke and replied likewise. Then he said that he would kill me if he found me cheating. And he would enjoy it. I didn't know how to react. I just got chills. He's never been like this, and I can't imagine him saying things like this. All day at work, I've been thinking about what I did wrong. Did he read my messages? None of us keep passwords and find something off. Did he see me talking with someone inappropriately? I don't know. What should I say to him? Please don't kill me. (laughs) Like, what? Is that? Like, whoa. Whoa. You're sitting at breakfast and suddenly he's like, I will kill you. By the way, will you please kill me if I ever cheat on you? Like, what are you saying, dude? Right. It made I, it, me that think, is, creepy. is he trying to hold himself accountable because he's having ideas? Or does he think something's happening and he's going to try to justify bad action? Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. But it's like really giving her the creeps. Like it really it should. freaked her out. And it seemed very out of character for him. But sometimes I read these things and I feel like, like, do these people not have normal relationships with each other? Like, if Jake said that to me, I'd be like, what the hell? Why are you saying that, you psycho? Right. Right? I mean, I would, I, it wouldn't be something that I'd mull over while I was at work. I would be like, that is creepy as hell. Why are you saying that? Like, let's talk about this. Yeah. Right. Like, let's I'm not finishing my this. toast until... And getting in a car with you. Right. And sleeping next to you at night. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Like, Think how vulnerable you are when you sleep <laughs> next to somebody at night. 
I mean, think about it. Especially if they slept walked and just uh, ring, ring, ring. Mm-hmm. just you close your eyes and you're just trusting that he's not going to go psycho on you. He's not going to put a pillow over your face. Suffocate you while you sleep. Oh, because that could happen. True. You never even know it hit you. Yeah, never. Oh, Blech. one of the commenters said, I hate being an alarmist who shouts about red flags. But this is exactly what my ex-husband said to me back when we were together. I felt exactly like you described, unnerved and scared. But why worry if you're not cheating? What then ended up happening was some paranoia and accusations started creeping in, which turned into threats, which turned into throwing things and getting aggressive. It was less about what he'd do if I cheated and more about what he would do if he ever felt jealous slash got into his head I was cheating, which I had no control over. So she's feeling like this is maybe his first step in like a process, like a, a spiraling Mm-hmm. Sketchy situation. Mm-hmm. And someone else said, people don't just say things like that for no reason. People say scary, threatening things to be... Scary and threatening. Yeah. yeah. He knows how it sounds. And yeah. they've only... Is, she said they only met two years ago, so they couldn't have been married that long. Mm-hmm. And you can hide a lot of weird... A lot of weird... Stuff for a year. Yes. Yes. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That is creepy. I would be very disturbed. But I, that's not something that I would just think about and... And, I mean, we would be having that conversation right now. Right. Right now. Right. One time I said, like, man, to Aaron, like, if you cheated on me, like, it would just be over. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, wouldn't put up with that. I wouldn't be one of the people that would, like, work it out. Like, I would just divorce you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true, but, like, that's what I was saying to him. Right. And he's like, I think I would forgive you. I was like, don't tell me that. like, good, free pass. (laughs) Good to know. I'm like, I don't think... You should say that. <laughs> don't say that. He's like, I just, I just feel like I could forgive you and move on. <laughs> like, you, okay. Hmm, okay. You mean as opposed to killing me? Right. <laughs> this was the extreme opposite yes, very. response. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Ooh. my gosh. Okay. Okay. You have another one? I do. Um, okay. This, this is uh, my daughter, Olivia. Hold on. I have a sneeze coming. Oh. Okay. It's gone. Okay. <laughs> Did I tell you my theory? What a student of mine told me at school about sneezing? No. That when you have to sneeze, like I was getting, you know how you have that pre-sneeze look like that ugly, like, yeah. <gasps> like you're going to sneeze? <laughs> she, this One of my students turns to me and she's like, name three bald men. And I'm like, huh? She's like, name three bald men. So I'm like, the rock. Um, you know, like trying to name them. Yeah. My sneeze was gone. What? She's like, you're welcome. Yeah. You name three bald men and it will distract you and take your sneeze away. But I like sneezing. Me too. Sneezing feels so good. Oh, there's nothing better. I know. But yeah, that's that's a way to combat a sneeze. If you're ever in like a, the middle of a wedding reception or where it's like you don't want to draw, t- not wedding reception, so they're about to say I do and you don't want to. Sneeze. A prayer. A church service. Mm-hmm. Uh emotional moment. I've sneezed in many inappropriate times and my sneeze is aggressive. Mine, oh man, when I let that rip, it, yeah. it, I scream. It's so good. Men. I wonder if that could get rid of hiccups. I don't know, but they can't be the same three bald men. So like <laughs> once you use them, like next time. Oh, I thought you meant like the rock, the rock, the rock. <laughs> no, no, but like if you use the rock and. Why can't I think of a single bald man? I, I don't besides know. Mr. Mr. Clean. Clean. The Rock, Mr. Clean. Did you? I was reading something today. Now we're going down a whole different path than what I had <laughs> anticipated. But I was looking at something that was talking about, um, uh, what's it called when you remember something different than it was? The Mandela Effect. Mandela Effect. And this lady was writing about how Mr. Ball, Mr. Clean used to be a black man. Hmm. 
And she's like, I remember as a kid him being black. Hmm. And maybe she had a black yeah. and white TV. <laughs> <laughs> but you could still tell if he was white. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's a side note. But Interesting. I can I'm almost like, picture Mr. Clean being black. Yeah. Or there was someone like that on a different ad. Yeah. Like my mind can kind of go there. Yeah. The other one was that, remember the Publisher's Clearinghouse guy? Ed McMahon? Yeah. Did you know he did not work for Publishers Clearinghouse? What? He did not. What do you mean? He did not. Was he a different... But he went and gave you the big check. Oh, no. He was not even involved. He was not even involved. Ed McMahon was not... Not Publishers Clearinghouse. He worked for some other... Supposedly some other company or something, but he was... Like, he is the face of Publishers Clearinghouse. I would have bet my left boob. Well, don't. I won't. Or you'll be flat-chested. And on one side. Lopsided. <laughs> Anyway, let me go back to what I originally started right here. Oh, okay. I don't even know why. Okay. Because you were going to sneeze. That's right. Okay. (laughs) My daughter, Olivia, is seven. Her best friend at the moment is this girl named Eva. Eva has multiple older siblings at home. Eva's parents called and said, hey, our 16-year-old daughter, the older daughter, is having a friend sleepover, and we're letting our 14-year-old do the same thing with a friend. Does your daughter want to sleep over the same night? So it was going to be like a triple kid sleepover. Why would you do that to yourself, Because you want to torture yourself. Okay. Um, oh, she's going to explain it. She okay. said, this is fairly common among parents that I know because it keeps the kids out of each other's hair and increases the likelihood that next weekend they'll all be at someone else's house. I like it. Okay, I kind of like it. Yeah. Okay. That's true about the bugging because that's yeah. the big deterrent is like the little siblings bugging. Yeah. The- yeah. Okay, the girls were mostly hanging out with Eva's mom, but at some point, the 16-year-old and her friend invited Eva and my daughter to hang out with them, basically to play with them like dolls, you know? And at some point, the mom left the little girls in the care of the 16-year-olds while she went off to another part of the house. While the 16-year-olds were playing with the little girls, my daughter got impatient during a pedicure that one of the the 16-year-old girls was giving her, and she jerked her foot away, (laughs) kind of, and, and spilled some nail polish and remover, which splattered on the carpet, couch, and rug. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So the next morning when I arrived for pickup, Eva's mom said, no big deal, but this happened. Olivia is fine. Don't worry about it. I'll just send you the bill for the cleaning. <sighs> um, and then she said, I said, oh, let me get back to you and left. It's been a week, and she's mentioned it once more and quoted $200, but been very casual, like no rush. But personally, I don't feel like I should be responsible. If anything, they should be looking at the 16-year-olds. I will admit that Olivia shouldn't have kicked the nail stuff, and she's old enough to know better, but in my opinion, the mom left her with a pair of 16-year-olds that were playing around with nail polish and nail polish remover on 7-year-olds. If the judgment here is against me, then we can figure it out, but we don't have the kind of money where we can easily just pay $200 just to keep the peace. Right. So, right or wrong? Right or wrong? (sighs) First off, when you play with nail polish... It is a deadly. You that is a you are running a risk that whatever surface you're on, like I send my kids onto the backyard grass with like a giant cardboard right. because you know with kids it's going to get knocked over. Right. It's a risk. And maybe she didn't even know they were doing that, but that does leave the responsibility on the 16-year-olds. Why did you not do it on the kitchen table with a big thing of paper towels? Right. And I mean this little it's a little 7-year-old. So of course she's getting bored and she and it and it said in there that she like jerked her foot away, not like kicking it, but like impatient and kind of pulled away and that's when it got knocked over so it was an accident it was an accident but not totally yeah i mean who who was responsible remember when my boys played in the pool on your 
unicorn or some blow up toy yeah. and popped it. Yeah. But it's like that kind of stuff just happens. Like it could have been happening with my kids. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I'm always of the mindset like accidents are going to happen when you invite kids over to your house and supply things like, like my kids have gone over to like a friend's house and done like arts and crafts and ruined their clothes. Right. And that's just, that's. You don't send the mom a bill for their clothes no. and say, um, I'm sorry, could you please supervise my kids a little better? Can you please not? Like, it, that's just the risk you run. That is really the risk you run having small humans run yeah, around. They anywhere. will destroy everything they will in your house. bleed you dry. Uh-huh. They will suck your life. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, they kind of will. So I wondered when she kicked the nail polish must have splattered. How It must have flipped it over and it spilled. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I'm always of the mind, like, pay it to keep the peace. But she literally says she doesn't. Like, she, I think she would want to. Yeah. It but sounds like I don't have the money to keep the peace, and I kind of don't know what to do. So maybe, I mean, I just, A, I would never say to somebody, oh, by the way, your kid. I mean, I, I guess. I wouldn't even tell them. In, in, unless it was like the kid did something maliciously to intentionally damage something. Yeah. But, like. It's an accident. I would never say, hey, by the way, just want you to know that your kid, like, you know, whatever. I just right. never would. I just, that, and maybe I'm just not confrontational enough to do it. I wouldn't either because what's the point? Yeah, I just wouldn't. Uh-uh. But and chances are she's going to go home and say, I, like, this was really embarrassing. I feel mm-hmm. really bad because they probably made a really big deal about it. Yeah. And she's probably mortified. Yeah. This little girl. Yeah. And I would, if, it, if I was the parent, I'd be after my kid, my 16-year-old, because, yeah. I mean, like, my kids know the expectation with nail polish in the yeah. house, right? And so that would be on them if they weren't being I agree. responsible. So maybe this mom, if she could, maybe could offer to split it. That's kind of what I was thinking. Because you're like a compromise. You were the one who was supposed to be, this other mom, was supposed to be watching them, supervising right? Supervising. Her, yeah. Your teenage kids were there. So I think at, at the, you know, the least, she should split it with her. Yeah, but that other mom's in the wrong for even bringing it up. Yeah. Don't uh, do that. Don't do that. Don't be stupid, people. Uh-uh. Oh, interesting. Okay. We have time for one more? Yep. Okay. Okay. My husband, Kevin, and I got married months ago. Ever since we moved away, his mom started calling more often. She had a mental breakdown when she heard we were moving. She begged we stay near her because she needs him, though her two older sons are there. Anyhow, she'd call at random times, then started calling in the middle of the night, specifically at 2 a.m. I thought it was so weird, but she said she wanted to hear Kevin's voice, but was too busy to call during the day. Kevin responds to her call every time, saying he's worried there might be an emergency. It's exhausting and completely ruins our alone time. I asked her to call at like 10, but no, she kept calling at 2. Kevin said he can't bring himself to ignore her calls and asked that I be patient. Last night, I decided I wasn't having it. I waited till Kevin was asleep and put his phone on vibrate and waited for her to call. Two o'clock rolls around and the phone starts vibrating on the nightstand. I stretch my arm to answer. (laughs) Then I start making sex noises from the bed. (laughs) I'm talking full-on moaning and then some dirty talk and then more (laughs) moaning. (laughs) A few seconds later, she she ends the call. Kevin wakes up and asks if I was all right. (laughs) accepted this noise. I tell him it's just the fever. Then he goes back to sleep. I woke up to a complete disaster when Kevin angrily asked what I did last night when his mom called. 
Clearly, she was livid and mortified because Kevin and I, Kevin said I just traumatized her by having her think we were having sex when she called. (laughs) (laughs) I told him what I did and insisted it was just out of frustration, but he said I shouldn't have done that and embarrassed him and made his mom uncomfortable. I said she was calling at 2 a.m. He said still I acted childishly and potentially harmed his relationship with her. (laughs) I told him just to tell her I was behind this and said, oh, don't worry about it. I will. Then demanded, I apologize to her immediately, but her shaming texts made me refuse. I might have went about this the wrong way, but I was just frustrated. A-I-T-A. <laughs> I think it's funny. I And again, again, do you not talk to your husband? Why would I would say to, to my husband, you need to tell your mom that unless it's an emergency, she needs to not call you at 2 in the morning. Like, I, that is it. I think she did, and he's the kind of husband that won't stand up to his mom. I think we all know a few of those. Yeah, well... I just would like not. I just would. I, yeah, I would try to make it miserable every time she called right in the middle of the night. But it's like one of those things when you get stuck between, I never have because my husband's not this way, mm-hmm. but you hear stories when you're stuck between your husband and his mom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Don't be a mother-in-law like that. Don't and, be that kind of mother-in-law. And I feel like there are some really easy ways to tell when you're dating someone if they have that kind of codependent relationship. If they're still being breastfed. <laughs> if they're <laughs> if she's picking out your clothes. Right. I mean, if they share a bedroom. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of, you got to be aware. Like, I feel like when my son moves out, sure, I would love to talk to him once a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that's reasonable, right? I feel like if you're dating someone and they're talking to their mom multiple times a day, that's probably that's a probably red flag. too much. And it also depends on the situation. Like if if both of them are healthy and whatever. Like nothing's going on. Yeah, then yeah, like I talked to my son who is kind of my baby. Mm-hmm. Probably once a week. I mean, yeah. or I'll text him. Usually I'll just text him, you know, "Hey, what are you doing?" or, you know, because I want to hear from him. And I'm but, sure you would want to more, but you're not pushing it. Right. And I'm certainly not going to, like, I recognize that he has a girlfriend and that they have a relationship. And I would never want to step on right. be that mother, that psycho. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Ew. So watch out for that in relationships. But I, it's like a thing you can't really, as the woman, do anything about. Because if you say it's me or your mom, like, you don't. You don't know. And you know what? <laughs> He might choose that He mom. might choose her. Mm-hmm. And you're on your own, mm-hmm. sister. But if he's going to choose his mom over you, divorce him. Then that's, that, <laughs> let him. You let him. Tell him to have a great life. Say it while you're dating. Yeah. And then let him decide then. Yeah. Because it's only going to get worse. Right. Yeah, it's she just only. needs to hear his voice. But the, the 2 a.m. calling, that doesn't even it's make creepy. any sense. And you don't have time during the day. Well, then you don't need to hear it that bad. Exactly. How about this? How about go to the store and buy her a really nice card that has the recording thing in it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and record her a little voice message so she can hear it whenever she wants. A Build-A-Bear. Yes. If you will. Yes. You can do that. She can sleep with it. Uh-huh. Then it's like they're never apart. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Don't let me be like that when I grow mm, up. I know. Don't let me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now for our final segment. The Barren Truth. Truth. This kind of leads into what our last one leads into this. Oh, it does. Um, a little bit. But yeah. this is, uh, the question was, is, what lesson have you learned from a past relationship that you will never repeat in a future one? 
That's a good one. So let me read some answers that I got. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, somebody put, people don't change. Mm-hmm. Don't let them fart in your bed because it'll never end. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was so blindsided by love that I forgot to love myself more. Yeah. I allowed them to take advantage of my kindness and my big heart and wasn't aware of gaslighting and narcissism. Mm-hmm. I believed their lies and pushed aside the bad for the fear of losing them, but I really lost myself. Yeah. So don't... Okay, any guy that wants to change you yep. or woman, depending on your relationship, yep. anybody that wants to change you, mm, let and it you go. And you see that in friendships, too. I had a literal adult toxic friendship. Yeah. And it was kind of the same thing. Was it me? No. Okay, good. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be weird. <gasps> no. But, yeah, I remember my toxic college relationship, him, like, trying to change the way I dressed like I like it when you wear this and even buying me clothes and like I was like oh that's so cute but he really just wanted me to dress the way he wanted me to dress and I don't like it when you're with these people and you can't hang out with them and I don't like it when you talk like a lot of that oh yeah yeah red flags yep um (laughs) this one if your partner tells you that he got body lice while he was trying on clothes at the department store it's actually crabs which explains a few things (laughs) Don't fall for that twice. Oh, um, this one says, my triggers are my responsibility to process and heal from, not my partner's or my children's. Um, oh, not my partner's or my children's responsibility to walk on eggshells around. So that's like a good self-reflection. That's a right? deep one. Um, yeah. So I like that one. Um, the red flags you see waving on your waving on your way are not because there's a carnival ahead. <laughs> um, if their mom is batshit crazy, they are too. Yep. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, another... That's probably not necessarily always true, but somebody to factor in. Yeah. Do you want to deal with that your whole right. life? Because, I mean, you have to look at how they were raised because that's how they're going to be behaving and that's how they're going to raise your kids too. So, like, yeah. you know what I mean? You have to think a little bit about but how I that's going to But I have seen people out. with crazy moms who actually turn out fine right sometimes it's sometimes it can cause them to be the opposite Mm -hmm. but sometimes before you know what (laughs) yeah they're selling crazy too creeping in um let's see this person said lesson learned it's that simple um wait what does that mean i think just hold on lesson learned it's that simple just any type I don't know. Like a bad relationship, you learn your lesson and you move on. Like don't stay in the same cycle of, you know. Yeah, don't keep going back. That's a bad idea. And it's that thing of like I've put in this amount of time to it. Mm -hmm. Well, do you want to put in that more amount of time into something bad? Like claim your life and move on. Yeah. And why, like if, if it's already been bad. Why do you keep staying thinking it's going to change? Like, right. odds are it won't. That's like, I've been watching the ultimatum. I'm still watching it. Oh, and ultimate. it's that thing where it's like all the individual couples have all these issues. They went onto the show to try to solve them. Then they get back with the original one. And the issues are still like there. a thousand percent worse. Yeah. Because they, now they're comparing it to the new shiny, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you thought this was just going to magically get better? Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. This person said um, some people do change. This and this guy writes, this is one who did on his own. Um, And then the last one was never trust anyone. Oh, I don't know if that's the route we want to be on. No, But But it is true about changing, too, where like if you get married in your early 20s, which a lot of people do, by the time you're 40, there's a very good chance that one or both of you are will be on a really different like 
religious mm-hmm. path or career path or Just like every you mature a lot. Yeah. Like in your 40s, you kind of have this new awakening. A lot of people do. And mm-hmm. you better hope that your relationship isn't built on one similarity. Right. Because if you've built your whole relationship on our love for this one thing or our sim- like our similar religion and then one person changes mm-hmm. and that's it, that's your whole relationship. Yeah. And like you better hope you've developed a lot more. Yeah. Because hopefully you change. Yeah. Well, and who you are at 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. even up to probably 25 mm-hmm. is very different. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? You, you, Yeah. So I don't know. I just, just don't, I don't know. And the other thing that I think my other advice, I don't know, advice, who am I to give advice, would be, you know, like you said, don't waste, like don't waste time. Yeah. Like if you're with somebody and you're in a toxic relationship and you know that it's not good, don't waste any more time like, waiting. Wouldn't you rather be alone and that like, give yourself another chance than to stay in that? Yeah, this you person, deserve better. I have one comment that said, never overcompensate. If someone loves you, they'll behave in a loving way. If they don't, no amount of catering to them will make them love you. It will only spoil them and make you miserable. True that. Which is super true, too. True that. And that people will show you who they are and believe it. Like, mm-hmm. don't make excuses for other people when they fully show you. Yeah, their true colors. Their true colors. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, there you have it. That's a good one. If you guys have any more, go to our Instagram and add them. Yes, And we'll please. read them. If you want. If you want. And if you don't want. Yep. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, friends. Thank you. We love you. And we will be back next time. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Truth Fairies Pod. And send us an email at truthfairiespod at gmail.com. Truth Fairies is hosted and produced by Brooke Flake and Jamie Garn. Original music by Greg Hale. 